Hi, my name is Ashley, and I'm the mother of twin girls. My story isn't always so PG keen. So, back in 2016, I found out I, back in 2015, I started dating a guy. Um, around 2016, we found out that we were having twin girls. We were in a very tumultuous relationship leading up to now, even now. Um, so in the very beginning, we really tried to make it work. We got an apartment. Um, we lived with his parents for a little while. All of the good things. Well, eventually, we had my cousin move in with us. And after a little while, um, my ex's drinking started to get worse. He was going out with his friends multiple times. He even would go and have sleepovers at his friend's house, um, drinking all night. And I would be at home um, just stressed out after fights and arguments and everything like that. So eventually, he, we had the girls and everything was looking okay for a little while, though there were several fights, um, even fights when I was holding the newborns or one of the newborns, and he would try to take the baby out of my arms. Um, there was multiple times my ex did not let me leave, even though I tried because he was trying to say that I was kidnapping his children by leaving the house. Um, part of our argument. So, um, after about a year, about almost two years of living together in our apartment, um, with my cousin living there for only a couple months to try to get back on his feet, um, there was a really bad blowout one night, and he got really violent with my cousin. And that's the moment that I decided to call it quits and decided that he was eventually going to get violent with me. And since I had already experienced that in my past, I did not want that. So I went to work the following day after the fight, actually the same day of the fight, and I was having a really rough night at work. I talked to a couple coworkers about the situation and they all said the same thing. This guy is going to kill you if you do not leave this relationship and, or he's going to hurt you. So you need to leave. And so I did. I made him leave. I made him move back in with his parents. Um, my cousin and I were roommating for a little while. Um, but around the same time that I kicked him out, my now husband had walked into my job. I had worked at a hotel in um, Reno, and I had had a rough check-in day. There was just a lot of chaos. And so I was going through the motions of handling that when he walked in the door. Um, so I had gone home. I had kicked my the father of my children out, and I had started communicating with my now husband. Now, moving forward till today, our court case, uh, well, moving forward a little while, I had been trying to co-parent with my ex, and he had put our children in a situation that made me go to court fight to fight for custody of them. Uh, I can't get into the details of the situation, but I told him that I was going to court 
and he decided to file court paperwork literally within 45 minutes of me. On the same day, we were sitting across from each other at the courthouse. It was very awkward. Um, he had claimed that I wasn't allowing him to see his children, which was very false. And I have all of the evidence to prove it. Um, but because on paper, he said that I wasn't allowing him to see the children. It made it seem like I was the hostile person in the situation, even though he was the one arguing, fighting, um, not keeping up his responsibilities as a father, all of this stuff, putting our, our children in danger, actual, literal danger, um, because of his drinking. When I went to court, I stated the argument of that he was drinking. Um, we have a very bad past, but I have been trying to communicate with him. I have been letting him see his children, all of the good things. Um, I was ba basically told I was wrong. I didn't call uh, CPS at the time. I didn't do all of, all of these things that the judge thought I should have done. Um, I didn't know I had to do that. Uh, because in the motions, I just handled it the best way I could. And so now um, I have been trying to document all of these situations that he has put me and the girls in. And I am being ignored. I have tried to contact multiple lawyers. Multiple lawyers have not called me back. Um, I feel like there is this bias against mothers where we are judged um, because in the past there have been multiple women trying to keep children from men. Um, but in the past, there's also been multiple men that have not kept up their end of the father. And we can say that there's bad mothers, there's bad fathers, there's bad sisters, there's bad, there's bad people, but there are good people. And there are misunderstood situations that I do not feel like the court actually gives attention to. Um, part of the reason why I make these videos is because I feel like I have gone through a really bad situation in the court system and been ignored. I have asked for help multiple times and not gotten anywhere. I have filled out the court paperwork the way they want me to. I have tried to be understanding and kind in my wording, I have been trying to detail and document times and dates and everything. Um, and I feel like I haven't done enough, quick enough, and fought hard enough. But I don't know how. I don't know how to change the judge's mind and see that I'm not trying to be a vindictive woman. And I'm not trying to manipulate the situation but I have the evidence to prove that my ex has lied on court documents. I have the evidence to prove that I have let him see the children even after I told him I was going to court. Um, I have only done everything in my power to, to try to keep my children away from harm. And I have not been allowed to do so as a mother. Um, and I feel like if I was, if the roles were. I feel like if the roles were reversed, I would be understanding 
of the fact that he was trying to protect the children and do what was best for the children. However, I'm in a situation where he seems to get everything, and I'm not saying this in any ill manner, but it's the way that the, it's all on paper. Um, he seems to get everything that he asks for, and I get condemned, and then um, nothing. I get nothing. I get no understanding. I get um, frustrated. I get very frustrated in the court um, paperwork process and it is very time consuming and it takes money and it's, and sometimes you just lose sleep and energy just thinking about the situation. And I'm in a situation where I can't even talk to my co-parent about doctor's appointments. He will not give me insurance information for the girls, um, so that I can take them to better doctors. The girls have not gone to the dentist. Um, because he won't give me the insurance information. It's literally ridiculous. Um, the amount of things that I've gone through, um, to try to better the situation. I have been sick and then I had a sick child as well. So there's been a lot of just downtime and resting and soup. So, there's that. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to reactionary versus reactive co-parenting, or just communication in, or just communication in general, um, this means that we need to take time in order to think about what we're saying or doing and how we are reactive um, versus responsive, basically. So when you react, you don't really think about it. You just react, and some of it could be out of instinct, or it could be out of just habit, or just how you're, nor uh, you're used to communicating with people. That doesn't always translate over well. Uh, now, everybody communicates and co-parents very differently. When we talk about reactive versus responsive communication styles. We are really talking about reacting versus responding. So what this means is instead of reacting where you are just instinctually reacting to something, we want to take time and slowly respond. This means that we want to slow down and think about what we are saying in the moment. This is very hard, and I'm still working on this myself. Um, I am a very reactive person, and so I don't respond well. I react very well, though. Um, so in an emergency situation, I am very quick to react, and I will be by your side helping you through it. However, when it comes to being disrespected or spoken to um, in a bad way, whether it's from your co-parent, your boss, your child, your partner, anything. Um, when you feel like somebody comes off cross, I have a bad response time. I tend to just shut down a little bit and I tend to 
avoid the conflict at any cost. So I don't like to react in those situations. Instead, I just shut down because me reacting in the past has caused conflict or communication issues. So I am slowly learning in fights with my husband or disagreements with my husband that you want to, or my co-parent, that you want to slow down and respond. You want to think about your words and you want to choose them wisely. This will help you avoid miscommunications or arguments in the future. Sometimes when you react, you say things that you don't necessarily mean or that come across rude or disrespectful. And those moments can be avoided by taking a, a moment and properly responding. Here's an example of that. Hey, honey, will you please take out the trash? No, I'm busy right now. Or, hey, honey, will you please take out the trash? Sure, just give me one moment. I'm in the middle of doing something. One of those responses can be taken as a reactionary response where you're not really thinking about how you're coming off. The second example can be considered a responsive re um, response where you're responding accordingly. You're thinking about what was said and how you can get the, uh, the task done in a polite and respectful manner instead of coming across as you're not willing to listen or you don't want to do the task or uh, something like that. Because this, the first response was very rough, it was very reactionary, whereas the second was very respectful. Um, in co-parenting situations, there's a lot of reactions because of harm, because of past examples of bad communication in a lot of situations, not every situation. Um, in high-conflict co-parenting situations, I find that you are more reactive than responsive because of emotions. So when you take time to process those emotions, slow down and respond, you are able to communicate in a much healthier manner. And this can lead to less conflicts. I hope that this helps a lot of you. I know it's a longer video, um, but I know that I haven't been posting a lot lately in accordance to this kind of situation or these situations. Hi, so I know that I haven't been around a lot lately. I have been very busy um, with every with life and everything, but I have been also dealing with a lot of illnesses. I wanted to give you guys an update on my life so far. So this last week, um, my, one of my children and I got sick, so we haven't been feeling well. But in far as the co-parenting situation goes, I am on a very low, low contact with my ex or the girl's father at this moment. This has been helping me process the situation for what it is and help me see that he does not need to be involved in every situation that it comes with the girls. However, there are certain situations like, for example, on one of my children's 
is on a medication right now and she has to take it on a timely manner. When I got the dispersing utensil for this medication back, it was in a bag and it was filthy. So now I have to decide whether I want to send a message in regards to this instance or not. Um, I have to decide whether that is for the best if we, if I try to communicate or if it's for the best to not communicate. So it's a tough decision. And so far I have decided not to send a message because I do not want any conflict at this moment. In a dirty um, measuring cup or dispenser isn't necessarily something worth fighting over. Um, so that's where I am this week. Where are you guys at this week? How to handle high conflict situations with grace. A lot of us are in a high conflict co-parenting situation. And it is hard to handle these situations with grace. So what I'm finding is to handle the situation with as much grace and humility as possible. And avoid as much conflict as possible. I have been avoiding any communications that can cause conflict. For example, any time that the girls have a situation where they talk about their father, I allow them to speak about him. I try to explain to them that certain situations that I am not able to handle if it happened at his house. Um, this is giving them the ability to feel comfortable telling me the situations that are going on with their father, but at the same time, this also allows me to explain to them that there are two different households, two different set of rules, um, and I'm not able to help with every situation over their fathers, though if it is a serious situation, I am able to help them. Um, sometimes this is the only way that you're going to find out about situations that go on at the other parent's house. And this doesn't mean that you're trying to be nosy or controlling of the other person's um, household or anything like that. But your kids should be able to come to you in any situation, whether it's with their friend, their father, their stepfather, their stepmother, um, grandparents, any adult in their life, teachers, anybody, and tell you what happened so that you are able to and communicate what happens so that you are able to assist them in any way that you are able to assist them with. You want your kids to feel comfortable uh, talking to you and build trust in the relationship. And the best way to do that is to not allow or to not hinder any communications when it comes to the other, the other co-parent or any adult in their, their life. Um, I hope that this helped, and this was one of the videos I've been meaning to make for a while now. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, leave them below in the comments. You know where to discuss, and be safe and respectful. Thank you. I know I'm raising good humans, and here's why. Yesterday, we were watching Free Willy, and the, in the beginning, Jesse steals food. 
my one of my children says that's very bad and i said why and she goes because they stole food and i said yeah but what if he was hungry and she stops and she thinks for a minute and then i say you know what riley you are right because just because they were hungry doesn't mean they necessarily had to steal that food they're stealing from a business and somebody worked really hard to make all of that stuff. And she goes, yes, that you're right, mom. But if they were hungry, they should eat. And I said, yes, there are other ways to get food. So stealing from a business when the person that ordered the food is now out of money. The business itself is now out of money. And the whole day is ruined for the person that ordered the food. Because now the food got stolen at the event that they were just hosting. Which means that they have to find either another source of food and cake really quickly. And then they're still out of the money that they've already paid the company for. Because it wasn't their fault that they got it got stolen. And my children completely understood this concept at six years old. At least as far as I understood, they understood. Um, and we had a little bit of a discussion on humanity and stealing and all of this stuff. So the fact that my six-year-old automatically recognized that that wasn't necessarily the best course of action kind of made me very proud. And it gave me an opportunity to discuss um, not only humanity, but ethics and morals with my children over a scene in one of my favorite movies that I didn't think about much as a kid watching it. So let me know what you guys think. Is it wrong to steal food from a catering van um, even though you are hungry? Or do you think that it's justified to steal food um, from a catering van even though you're hungry? Let me know in the comments below. Let's have a little discussion about this, I guess. Have a good day, but keep it respectful. Always keep it respectful in the comments below or you will get blocked. Thanks, guys. So it is summer break, and I have been struggling with activities to keep the kids busy, especially with all the rainstorms lately. It makes going to the splash pad a little hard on the weekends. So what are you guys doing? besides painting and reading, um, to keep your guys, kids busy this summer. So my kids are very big readers, and recently I got them library cards for the first time. They are very, very excited about getting the opportunity to read a new book every week or every couple of weeks. They have a summer reading program right now at the Washoe County Library, where if you go down and sign up, you get a free book to take home. And that was really cool. It really excited my girls. So I hope you guys take advantage of this. This way they get to experience so many different books without you guys having to buy books. Because I know that I've spent a lot of money building up the little library that they have. And so when we started becoming bigger readers or when they became bigger readers, I decided to take them down to the library and experience what it's like to check out their own books and experience their own stories. So 
let me know. Are you guys going to sign up for the summer reading program? Apparently, you get three books throughout the summer. So keep that in mind. This can help you slowly build your library. And in my town, they also have these little posts. So what do you guys think? Are you guys going to take advantage of the summer reading program? Do you guys have a summer reading program in your local libraries? What do you do if your co-parent tells your children not to talk about you over at his house or their house? This situation is probably really common and let's have a discussion in the comments below. As always, keep it safe and respectful. Um, but I really do hope that this helps and if you guys have any questions or comments, just let me know below. Thanks guys. Don't forget to like and follow for more.